All right. Hey, thanks, Backbuck. You have a good day. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming by. Wow, Backbuck stopped by. Well, that was awesome. Yeah, once he finally got his mention, he glad he came in. Show up, yeah, Backbuck. Man, what a guy, Eric. A few weeks ago, we had a bunch of candy on the table. We had so much candy. But now we're down to what we call the token kiss. The one holy kiss. We are not going to touch it. <laughs> we won't. Yes. We won't. We will resist. Oh! <laughs> no. We're Too not going it. to eat it. That's right. Okay. But it will always stand with its little flag raised. Yes, it will. Yep. For us. Okay. Hey, we're reading Ezra. We are. And Backbuck stopped by to talk about it, but... Uh, what basically happened yesterday is Cyrus let the Hebrew people, the people of Judah specifically, leave and go back and rebuild Jerusalem to include the temple. And so yesterday we read a lot of numbers of the families who went, and today we're going to continue. In Ezra chapter 4, we're going to read 4, 5, 6, and then Psalm 137. Okay. Enemies opposed the rebuilding, Ezra chapter 4. The enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the exiles were rebuilding a temple to the Lord, the God of Israel. So they approached Zerubbabel and the other leaders and said, Let us build with you, for we worship your God just as you do. We have sacrificed to him ever since King Esarhaddon of Assyria brought us here. But Zerubbabel, Jeshua, and the other leaders of Israel replied, saying that you may have no part... In this work, we alone will build the temple for the Lord, the God of Israel, just as King Cyrus of Persia commanded us. Then the local residents tried to discourage and frighten the people of Judah to keep them from their work. They bribed agents to work against them and to frustrate their plans. This went on during the entire reign of King Cyrus of Persia and lasted until King Darius of Persia took the throne. Later opposition under Xerxes and Artaxerxes. Years later, when Xerxes began his reign, the enemies of Judah wrote a letter of accusation against the people of Judah and Jerusalem. Even later, during the reign of King Artaxerxes of Persia, the enemies of Judah, led by Bishlam, Mithridath, and Tebiel, Tabiel, sent a letter to Artaxerxes in the Aramaic language, and it was translated for the king. Reham, the governor, and Shimshai, the court secretary, wrote the letter telling King Artaxerxes about the situation in Jerusalem. They greeted the king for all their colleagues, the judges and local leaders, the people of Tarpel, the Persians, the Babylonians, and the peoples huh. of Erech and Susa, that is Elam. No. They also sent greetings from the rest of the people whom the great and noble Asher Banapal had deported and relocated in Samaria through, and throughout his neighboring lands of the province west of the Euphrates River. This is a copy of their letter. To Re- King Artis- Eric, read the letter. Eric. <laughs> My name is Eric. Now. Read the letter. To King Artaxerxes, from your loyal subjects in the province west of the Euphrates River. Thank you. That's enough of that. The king should know that the Jews who came here to Jerusalem from Babylon are rebuilding this rebellious and evil city. They have already laid the foundation and will soon finish its walls. And the king should know that if this city is rebuilt and its walls are completed, it will be much to your disadvantage. For the Jews will then refuse to pay their tribute, customs, and tolls to you. Since we are your loyal subjects and do not want to see the kingdom dishonored in this way, we have sent the king this information. We suggest that a search be made in your ancestors' records where you'll discover what a rebellious city this has been in the past. In fact, it was destroyed because of its long and troublesome history of revolt against the kings and countries who controlled it. 
We declared the king that if this city is rebuilt and its walls are completed, the province west of the Euphrates River will be lost to you. Then King Artaxerxes sent this reply to Rehum, the governor, Shimshay, the court secretary, and their colleagues living in Samaria and throughout the province west of the Euphrates River. Greetings. The letter you sent has been translated and read to me. I ordered a search of the records and have found that Jerusalem has indeed been a hotbed of insurrection against many kings. In fact, rebellion and revolt are normal there. Powerful kings have ruled over Jerusalem and the entire province west of the Euphrates River, receiving tribute, customs, and tolls. Therefore, issue orders to have these men stop their work. That city must not be rebuilt except at my express command. Be diligent and don't neglect this matter, for we must not permit the situation to harm the king's interest. When this letter from King Artaxerxes was read to Rehum, Shimshay, and their colleagues, they hurried to Jerusalem. Then, with a show of strength, they forced the Jews to stop building. The rebuilding resumes. So, the work on the temple of God in Jerusalem had stopped. And it remained as a standstill until the second year of the reign of King Darius of Persia. Ezra chapter 5. At that time, the prophets Haggai and Zechariah, son of Iddo, prophesied to the Jews in Judah and Jerusalem. They prophesied in the name of the God of Israel, who was over them. Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, responded by starting again to rebuild the temple of God in Jerusalem. And the prophets of God were with them and helped them. But Tatanai, governor of province west of the Euphrates River, and Shethar Bozanai and their colleagues soon arrived in Jerusalem and asked, Who gave you permission to rebuild this temple and restore this structure? They also asked for the names of the men working on the temple. But because their God was watching over them, the leaders of the Jews were not prevented from building until a report was sent to Darius, and he returned to his decision. Tatanai's letter to King Darius. This is a copy of the letter that Tatanai, the governor, Shethar, Bozanai, and the other officials of the province west of the Euphrates River sent to King Darius. Read the letter, Eric. Please read the letter. To King Darius. Yes. Greetings. <laughs> the king should know that we went to the construction site of the temple of the, the great God in the province of Judah. It is being rebuilt with specially prepared stones and timber is being laid in its walls. The work is going forward with great energy and success. Mm, that's good. We asked the leaders who gave you permission to rebuild this temple and restore the structure. And we demanded their names so that we could tell you who the leaders were. This was their answer. We are the servants of the God of heaven and earth, and we are rebuilding the temple that was built here many years ago by a great king of Israel. But because our ancestors angered the God of heaven, he abandoned them to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, who destroyed this temple and exiled the people to Babylonia. However, King Cyrus of Babylon, during the first, reign, the first year of his reign, issued a decree that the temple of God should be rebuilt. King Cyrus returned the gold and silver cups that Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple of God in Jerusalem and had placed in the temple of Babylon. These cups were taken from that temple and presented to a man named Sheshbazar, whom King Cyrus appointed as governor of Judah. The king instructed him to return the cups to their place in Jerusalem and to rebuild the temple of God there on its original site. So this Sheshbazar came and laid the foundations of the temple of God in Jerusalem. The people have been working on it ever since, though it is not yet completed. Therefore, if it pleases the king, we request, request that a search be made in royal archives of Babylon to discover whether King Cyrus ever issued a decree to rebuild God's temple in Jerusalem. And then let the king send us his decision in this matter. Ezra chapter 6, 
Darius approves the rebuilding. So King Darius issued orders that a search be made in the Babylonian archives, which were stored in the treasury. But it was at the fortress of Ekbat. Ekbatana in the province of Media that a scroll was found. This is what it said. Read it, Eric. Read it. Read the memorandum. Memorandum. Thank you. In the first year of King Cyrus's <laughs> reign, a decree was sent out concerning the temple of God at Jerusalem. <laughs> I can't repeat that, but I'll continue. <laughs> Let the temple be rebuilt on the site where Jews used to offer their sacrifices using the original foundations. Its height will be 90 feet and its width will be 90 feet. Every three layers of specially prepared stones will be topped by a layer of timber. All expenses will be paid by the royal treasury. Furthermore, the gold and silver cups, which were taken to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar from the temple of God in Jerusalem, must be returned to Jerusalem and put back where they belong. Let them be taken back to the temple of God. So King Darius sent this message. Now, therefore, Tetanai, governor of the province west of the Euphrates River, and Shethar Bozani, and your colleagues and your and other officials west of the Euphrates River, stay away from there. Do not disturb the construction of the temple of God. Let it be rebuilt on its original site, and do not hinder the governor of Judah and the elders of the Jews in their work. Moreover, I hereby decree that you are to help these elders of the Jews as they rebuild this temple of God. You must pay the full construction cost without delay from my taxes collected in the province west of the Euphrates River so that the work will not be interrupted. Give the priests in Jerusalem whatever is needed in the way of young bulls, rams, and male lambs for the burnt offerings presented to the God of heaven. And, without fail, provide them with as much wheat, salt, wine, and olive oil as they need each day. Then they will be able to offer acceptable sacrifices to the God of heaven and pray for the welfare of the king and his sons. Those who violate this decree in any way will have a beam pulled from their house. <laughs> oh, that's not I'll good. I'll take that. Yeah. Then they will be lifted up and impaled on it. Even worse. And their house will be reduced to a pile of rubble. Not great, but not as bad as being impaled. Yes. May the God who has chosen the city of Jerusalem as a place to honor his name destroy any king or nation that violates this command and destroys this temple. I, Darius, have issued this decree. Let it be obeyed with all diligence. The temple's dedication. Tetanai, governor of the province west of the Euphrates River, and Shethar Bozani and their colleagues compiled at once, complied at once with the command of King Darius. So the Jewish elders continued their work, and they were greatly encouraged by the preaching of the prophets Haggai and Zechariah, son of Iddo. The temple was finally finished, and had been, as had been commanded by the God of Israel and decreed by Cyrus, Darius, and Artaxerxes, the king of Persia. The temple was completed on March 12th during the sixth year of King Darius's reign. The temple of God was then dedicated with great joy by the people of Israel, the priests, the Levites, and the rest of the people who had returned from exile. During the dedication ceremony for the temple of God, 100 young bulls, 200 rams, 400 male lambs were sacrificed, and 12 male goats were presented as a sin offering for the 12 tribes of Israel. Then the priests and the Levites were divided into their various divisions to serve as the temple of God in Jerusalem, as prescribed in the book of Moses. Celebration of Passover. On April 21st, the returned exiles celebrated Passover. The priests and Levites had purified themselves and were ceremonially clean. So they slaughtered the Passover lamb for all the returned exiles, for their fellow priests, and for themselves. The Passover meal was eaten by the people of Israel who had returned from exile and by the others in the land who had turned from their corrupt practices to worship the Lord, the God of Israel. Then they celebrated the festival of unleavened bread for seven days. There was great joy throughout the land because the Lord had caused the king of Assyria to be favorable to them so that he helped them to rebuild the temple of God, the God of Israel. 
Okay, we're going to skip ahead to Psalm chapter 137. Yeah. Beside the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept as we thought of Jerusalem. We put away our harps, hanging them on the branches of poplar trees. For our captors demanded a song from us. Our tormentors insisted on a joyful hymn. Sing us one of those songs of Jerusalem. But how can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a pagan land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget how to play the harp. May my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth. If I fall to remember you, fail to remember you, if I don't make Jerusalem my greatest joy. O Lord, remember what the Edomites did on the day the armies of Babylon captured, captured Jerusalem. Destroy it, they yelled. Level it to the ground. O Babylon, you'll be destroyed. Happy is the one who pays you back for what you have done to us. Happy is the one who takes your babies and smashes them against the rocks. That's not too happy. Okay. Okay, that's our reading for today, everybody. Good stuff there. Yeah. Uh, Chip and Eric, reading through the Bible. We answer two questions. So what? And where's Jesus? Mm-hmm. Those are two good questions. I would say. And I'm after, going to answer the so what. After 262 days. I, I agree. Out. These are good questions. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yeah, you finally agree to that. Yes. Even though we're going to have two new questions next year. Yeah. But we are not going to reveal those questions at this point. That's correct. Okay. So they're going to rebuild this wall or rebuild the, the temple. Um to the Lord, mm-hmm. the God of Israel. That's a good thing. That's a great thing because as you already have noted, Jesus is going to be in that and a part of it. And uh, so noted a couple of things here where the local residents, they tried to, tried to discourage it. The locals didn't like it. Well, they wanted to be part of it. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah. They tried to discourage and frighten the people of Judah to keep mm-hmm. them from their work. And so they were bribes, and they tried to frustrate their plans, and and this went on for a couple kings there. And then we read later on uh, in verse 5, you know, I circled the fact that, you know, um, we are servants of the God of heaven and earth, and we are rebuilding the temple that was here many years ago. So we're going to do it. So, you know, I think the idea, the so what today really is the idea that God is going to tell us to do some things in life. You know, he wants us to do things and not, I learned as as a young leader early on, not everybody's going to be happy with that, Mm -hmm. you know. And so at the end of the day, you know, I've said this, I report to him, not them. And that really is so true. Like even like, you know, really good people in my life, you know, I really felt like God called me to do certain things and really good people didn't agree with it. And, and, and I still had to be okay with moving forward with what I felt like God wanted me to do and later would reaffirm that to me that I made his right decision there so I wouldn't expect everybody to start clapping and cheering whenever you sign on the team Jesus and you're going to do his thing and 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 follow his path and plan not everybody's going to be so happy not everybody's going to be agree and God's you know he might give you a vision he might give you a plan and they're going to think it's crazy and they just can't see what you see like we saw with you know with Nehemiah, they couldn't see what he could see. He had this vision, people couldn't see it, and even he had like enemies and people coming against him. And so I would say, expect that. Mm-hmm. You know, expect. You know, when you do things for God, you, you know you're you're gonna have support, but you're gonna have people, even really good people. Even it could be family. Yeah, that's the hardest. 
that might not that might not agree with it or get it or understand it and might criticize it. So you gotta really lock in on what God's called you to do. And I would think the takeaway today, the so what is expect opposition and expect it from places you might not would have expected it from. Mm-hmm. Because that's, it can happen. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's funny that it's, it says the enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the exiles were rebuilding a temple. So they approached them and asked them to let them help with the building. Yeah. So their enemies came up to them and were like, hey, yeah. hey, what's up? Can we help you? Help? You know, and it's just so, mm-hmm. yeah, so insidious and crazy. And actually, this is going to cause a big division leading up to the time of Christ. Because these people are actually going to become the uh, the Samaritans. Hmm. You know, they're they're from north of Jerusalem. They come from Samaria. Yep. They said, you know, we worship the same as you worship. And so this division is formed between the Samaritans and the Judeans. Mm-hmm. And we'll see that all the way up to when Jesus goes to the woman at the well. Yeah. And she's like, is it true that we have to worship in Jerusalem? In Jerusalem, why can't we worship here on this mountain? Is this, you know, why is this bad? And whatever. And this gives Jesus the opportunity to break down a big wall and say, it doesn't matter where you worship. Yeah. It matters how you worship, to worship in spirit and in truth. Wherever you choose to worship, hmm. worship in spirit and in truth. So this, at the time, it was very important that they had the temple and a place to worship and all that. So it was very important that they rebuilt this structure. Yeah. But there is coming a time when Jesus will say, you know, this is going to be a global movement. The Holy mm. Spirit of God is going to take the gospel throughout the world yeah. to all corners of the world. Um, Jesus says, I'm with you always to the ends of the earth. I'm going to, you know, when the gospel travels, it's going to go everywhere. Mm. And so the idea of having to worship in a temple kind of goes against the idea of us being able to worship every single day. Every single day. Right? right. So this gives this this story leads to the division with the Samaritans, which leads to the conversation at the well which leads to Jesus opening up the concept of worship to everyone Everyone. as long as they're worshiping in spirit and in truth. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Very good. I love it. That's great. Yeah. Good. Well, hey, thank you for joining us today. I appreciate um, you tagging along. Yeah. (laughs) Little known fact. Yeah. My real name. Your real name. Is actually Eric. Yeah. Eric. Oh, sure. It is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's my birth name. Yeah, yeah. We like to mix it up here. (laughs) We'll see you tomorrow for Haggai. 263 coming up. Yep. Bye.